What's up, guys? This is Impact on Purpose. Change your home and your dome by making powerful choices and loving others well. We hope you enjoy the episode. And remember, brace for impact. How do we actually know when to obey and when to sacrifice? Right? We understand, first and foremost, that a lot of those questions are answered in the Bible. Right? We understand a lot about our relationship with God and how he wants us to represent him. Yes? From reading the Bible. And yet, there are so many situations in our everyday lives where we are presented something that is a choice between two really good things. We can see no sin in either one. We can see no bad in either one. Right? Or a choice to go now or go later. There are, I, I don't need to give examples. Some of them sound trivial, but the point is there are plenty of choices where the Bible doesn't say, yes, go to McDonald's today. It just doesn't say that. Okay? So <laughs> the question is, how do we actually know? Jesus, how do I know when to sacrifice, what to obey um, outside of your word? What, what about these specific situations? And my answer and the Bible's answer is that the Holy Spirit lives in us. That when we became believers in Jesus, when we became followers of Christ, God put his Holy Spirit inside of us. A part of God living in us. And the Holy Spirit speaks to us out of our relationship with God. The Holy Spirit's not a decoration. The Holy Spirit's not just a mark that we're a believer. The Holy Spirit is God indwelling us living in our hearts, to be, to be that close with us, to have relationship with us. John 16, Jesus says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. And there are plenty of examples, I'll get into that in a second, but God has called us to be ambassadors for him and vessels through which he speaks and to whom he speaks. The Holy Spirit is the thing that does that. The Holy Spirit is the part of God that speaks to us. Now, we're going to go through several arguments here. I'm going to play devil's advocate against myself. Hope you enjoy that. I'm not going to, okay. So, first stumbling block, right? Um, We often say, well, God doesn't speak anymore, right? The Bible is what we need. Um, The ironic part about that argument is that in the Bible, we see God speaking to people over and over and over and over and over and over, countless times, in fact. Um, Some examples, Adam and Eve, Moses, Abraham, when he calls him a father of nations. David, when he says he's a man after his own heart. Um, Paul, when he stops him on the road to Damascus and changes the whole modern European and Asian world forever. Uh, Peter, when he gives him a vision of the sheet showing Peter that it is not just for the Jews that Jesus died. I could keep going and you can find them, you know, in every book, basically, of the Bible. God speaks to people in the Bible. So to say God is done speaking is actually to not listen to what the Bible is telling us about how God speaks to people. So that's stumbling block number one. God longs to speak with us. Sorry, I'm out of breath. 
Okay. In fact, God is always speaking to us. God speaks to us all the time. And yet, rewind to last week, we are so entrenched, we are so surrounded by an environment of hurry and distraction that we never have a chance to even stop and listen. Notice the strategy there, right? Our whole culture is focused on keeping us busy, whether it's busy with work or busy, like distracted. Our whole culture's idea of rest is still distraction. And all of that works against us hearing from God. And that is why it seems so rare sometimes. Because uh, it's, it's hard to shut all of that out. It really is. <sighs> and yet God wants to commune in relationship with us. He wants us to hear his voice and he wants us to let it move us. In Revelation 3.20, Jesus says to a church, Behold, I am standing at the door knocking. If your heart is open to hear my voice and you open the door within, I will come into you and feast with you and you will feast with me. There it is, Jesus right there saying to a body of believers, if your heart is open, that's where the Holy Spirit dwells, to hear my voice, then he will come in and feast with us. In John 10, he says it even more plainly. My own sheep will hear my voice, and I know each one, and they will follow me. And so clearly we are meant to hear God's voice and then to let it move us into a relationship with him. The practices that we've gone over are all great examples of how to do that. I'll go backwards, I guess. No, I won't do that. That's too complicated. Silence and solitude. Remember I was saying that was the hardest one, possibly, but also possibly the most important one shutting out the outward distractions, the inward distractions, and getting away. That leaves us in silence where we're actually able to hear from God. In fact, we see people, not just Jesus, but people all over Scripture retreating to a silent place so that they can commune with God. We see people all throughout Scripture worshiping in their relationship with God. We see people all throughout Scripture praying out of their relationship with God living in slowness, living in simplicity, celebrating the rest of Shabbat. All of those things, I know I forgot one, all of those things teach us to come to to God with our full attention toward him. Tithing and giving, right? That teaches us to to stop worrying about our fear, fear of not having enough and our desire to have more. It releases us, generosity releases us from that baggage, that bondage, and allows us to sit with God knowing that he will provide for us. So all of those things, and again, there are more practices. That's not a definitive list at all. Um, There are more practices, but all of those things bring us to a place where we can go deeper in our relationship with God, where we can commune with God, where we can hear the Holy Spirit speaking to us. And that's pretty darn cool. Um, So... I guess the next question is, it's the original question. Where do Jesus' footsteps actually lead us? Wait, really? You want us to do all that stuff, Jesus? And again, it's not doing all that stuff. It's just walking in beautiful, beautiful, fulfilling relationship with the Father, with the Son, with the Holy Spirit. We call that abiding, as I said before. 
Uh, abiding is just a constantly uh, relating to or constantly turning our attention and our love towards something. Right? And we, we kind of do this just with other things. Uh, and so that is what God created us to do. That is our primary function as humans, as reflections of God in humanity, is to abide in relationship with him. And that's pretty crazy when you think of it, that most, most of humanity has not done the one thing that they were created originally to do, to abide in relationship with Jesus. And it's really, it's really intimidating to hear all this. And unfortunately, there are no tips and tricks. There are no tips and tricks to hearing God's voice, to, to uh, abiding in relationship, but the practices are Jesus' version of tip, tips and tricks. He showed us how to walk in abiding relationship with God. He showed us how to p- pursue that relationship. So, here's the next stumbling block. Most people then would say to me, or I would say, let's do I. I would say, well, so you want me to just sit at church all week? Like, this is abiding with God, right? Just in church. Uh, no, right? Jesus didn't do that. Jesus didn't chill at synagogue 24-7. He lived a life. He lived a full-on life, in fact. And yet, he was constantly turning his attention uh, and his love toward God. He was constantly abiding in his Father. And yet, he lived a perfect life, and we can't. So I would say, well, that's too much. Clearly, I can't do that. Jesus was perfect. I'm not. Uh, and that's true. Jesus was perfect. He's the only one who will ever be perfect. And we are not perfect. I hate to break it to you. Um, and yet, God calls us to continue to relate to him through our imperfections. God calls us to turn to him even in our messes, to bring our brokenness to him, to bring our sickness to him, to bring our failures to him. Even in the, most, even in the worst parts of humanity, God calls us to turn to him. This is what God has taught me is most important. Without abiding, nothing else matters. Without an abiding relationship with Jesus, nothing else matters. And Jesus says that a little bit more shockingly than I did. He says, On the day of judgment, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, don't you remember us? We, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons and do many miracles for the sake of your name? Didn't we do great things in the name of the church? But, I will say, but Jesus will say to them, Go away from me, you lawless rebels. I've never been joined to you. So Jesus says it right there. If, if abiding in him is the only thing that matters, and then once we do that, the other things come into place. Our abiding relationship with him is our lifeblood. It's what we were created to do. It's how we were created to live in relationship with God. And it, it calls us to obedience and sacrifice. Jesus calls us to abide in him. So I'm going to do something. Uh, I'm going to do two quick things here. You can go to the last slide or the next slide. I'm going to do two quick things here before we go to worship. Um, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm just going to pray. Um, it's a prayer that I often pray in many, many variations. Um, and it's something that ha- just allows me to focus my attention back on God. 
and you're welcome to pray with me, you're welcome to just meditate on the words, or totally ignore me. That's totally up to you. Um, but that's what I'm going to do in a second. Before I do that, I just want to let you know, I usually take deep breaths before I do this, not because it's weird, not because I'm tired, usually because it helps me to release all of the distractions that I've been holding on to. It helps me to slow my body down. Um, and as we learned last week, that was hard for me. So it was very important for me to do that. So I'm going to pray really quick, and then I'm just going to read um, a passage of Scripture and a quote. Jesus, we surrender everyone and everything to you. We surrender our distractions to you. We surrender our dreams, our desire. We surrender our critical attitude toward others to you. God, I give you my brokenness. I give you my past. I give you my attention, Jesus. I surrender everyone and everything to you, God. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, restore my union with you. Heal and restore my abiding union with you, God. I was created for union with you. I was created to live in relationship with you. I love you. I worship you. I trust you. My love is turned toward you. Heal and restore my abiding relationship with you. Jesus, I desire deeper relationship. I desire to abide. I desire to walk in the Spirit, to pray at all times. Saturate me with your love. Saturate me with your life. Let the river of life flow through me, surround me, and run over me. And Holy Spirit, you are here. You are here in each, each believer, in each follower of Christ. And I surrender my attention to you. Teach me to seek your voice. Teach me to hear your voice. And teach me to be moved by your voice. Amen. Psalm 135 says this. It's the middle of the psalm, in case you were wondering. Jehovah, your name endures forever. Your fame is known in every generation. For you will vindicate your persecuted people, showing your tender love to all your servants. The unbelieving nations will worship what they make. They worship their wealth and their work. They idolize what they own and what they do. Their, their possessions will never satisfy. Their lifeless and futile works cannot bring life to them. Their things can't talk to them or answer their prayers. Blind men can only create blind things. Those deaf to God can only make a deaf image. Dead men can only create dead idols. And everyone who trusts in these powerless dead things will be just like what they worship, powerless and dead. And then it says, Let all his lovers who bow low before him praise the Lord Yahweh. So abiding is our goal, if you haven't heard me say it enough. And worship is a great way 
to engage with God. Yes, that was Sigma. In our relationship with Him. It's our choice to direct our love and trust toward God or to turn away and make ourselves the gods of our own story. History can tell us that when humans make themselves the gods of their story, the result is a very small story. Yet God calls us in relationship with him to a much larger story. In fact, the best story of all time. Better than any movie. Where he is the hero and we each play a crucial role in bringing his kingdom, bearing his image, and living in rich, deep, and fulfilling relationship with him. Let's worship.